0: Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Get Your Goat. Still still can't get over Tom Brady's retirement. I'll just have something small on that to talk about today as we are past the NFL honors and who got MVP and other NFL awards. A lot of focus today is also going to be on Super Bowl 56. We get to see the Bengals Rams in a couple days. Duel it out for who gets to say... They are the best team in the NFL. I'm going to break all that down. Then yesterday, crazy NBA trade deadline as well. The Harden trade officially went through. He's a sixer. Ben Simmons is on the nets. I'm going to react to that. Give you my trade grades for that deal and other deals as well that will affect the NBA. I'll pick a game, then I'll get in. Uh, to be rat himself, uh, Brad Marchand, uh, and his suspension in the NHL, and then another upset in college basketball. Your weekly upset. So let's get right into it, starting with Super Bowl 56, Bengals, Rams, who you got? I'm just going to tell you right now, I am picking the Bengals to win this game if that was any surprise to anyone whatsoever. I like the Bengals in this game. I like this underdog mentality uh, for sure. And I think they match up well. Of course, the big X factor, you know, is the O-line against the vaunted Rams D-line. But other than that, all the other position groups as a whole in collective, I do like the Bengals. A lot. I like this matchup. And they also feel like a team of destiny as well. And I've said that Joe Burrow is Tom Brady-esque. Not that he is Tom Brady. Not that he will ever be Tom Brady. Because he will not. But the way that he leads his team. The way that they rally around him. And not only the offense looks to him, but I think the defense looks to him too in the way that, you know, Tom Brady is impacted by his leadership. So I'm just saying that in that way, no way am I comparing, you know, Joe Burrow's, you know, arm and accuracy and, you know, ultimate clutchness and all that that Brady has. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I just see a little bit of Joe Burrow And Tom Brady, even if that's you know two percent, you know like two percent milk, uh, you know Tom Brady's the whole thing. But Joe Burrow, he's two percent. You know he's not skim milk. So I like this team. You know Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in his second year. Joe Burrow looking to win in his second year as well. And guess what, Tom Brady beat the Rams as a 14-point underdog. The greatest show on turf, Tom Brady, upset the Los Angeles Rams. Everybody pegged to win the Super Bowl. It's kind of that same feeling. A lot of people like the Rams and are picking the Rams as well. You know, a few people are picking the Bengals, uh, but you have the vast majority on the Rams, the money on the Rams. Rams are a four-point favorite. A lot of people like the Rams. So you have this as well. And I think Joe Burrow is going to come up clutch. And, you know, Tom Brady, you know, on route to that first Super Bowl, you know, had the tuck rule incident. You know, everybody clamoring over, you know, in his first uh, matchup right there, divisional round. Very similar to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, you know, had the whistle, you know, should the play have been called dead? Should that have been a touchdown against the Raiders? that he threw, you know, it stood, controversial call, but it ended up working in their favor, they get it, and then they come back down from behind against the Chiefs, 21-3 at one point, 21-3, they come back and win the ball game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who went to four straight AFC championships, who have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, to me, the Chiefs, are scarier than the Rams. If the Chiefs and the Rams were to play right now, I would pick the Chiefs to win that game. So the fact that, to me, the Bengals beat one of the best teams in the NFL on the AFC side, they can handle the Rams. Their offense is not as potent. Matthew Stafford is no Patrick Mahomes. He's nowhere in the nether realm of Patrick Mahomes, uh, the way that Patrick Mahomes throws the football, his decisions far superior than anything I've seen from Matt Stafford in 12 years. And I've only seen four years of Patrick Mahomes. Technically, you know, four years and like one game in his fifth year. So that being said, I like the Bengals to win. I like the offense. I'm taking Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford. Because Joe Burrow is the guy that Matthew Stafford isn't. Joe Burrow is the face of his franchise. They would not be where they're at without Joe Burrow. The Bengals, two years ago, two wins. They draft Joe Burrow. He gets injured. They have four wins. Now this year, they are going to the Super Bowl in his second year. He is the face of the franchise. He's elevated his play. He's elevated the play of others, of a Jamar Chase, the T. Higgins, the Tyler Boyds. He has been phenomenal. He's resurrected a dead franchise. A franchise that didn't win a playoff game in 30 years. That was just downright awful. Who've only had two Super Bowl appearances and lost both of them in the 80s. That's how long it's been. The Bengals have not been good for a long stretch. They've not been good since I've been alive. They've not been good. And Joe Burrow has resurrected them. He did what Matt Stafford could never do with Detroit. And Joe Burrow, you know, he's got weapons. He's got, you know, a very bad offensive line. 31st or 32nd in the league. That bad because he's always under duress. Matt Stafford, with Detroit 12 years, he never had the best offensive line. But he did have some weapons some years. He had Megatron for a while there. He had Golden Tate as well when they made it to a playoff. They couldn't do anything. Matthew Stafford crumbled under the pressure. Was the offensive line great? No, they had a good defense though. Better than this Bengals defense. And Matthew Stafford could never get it done. You can, you know, put the blame on the coaches and, you know, always swapping out. But Matt Stafford could never elevate his play. And I see the same Matthew Stafford this year as I've seen in Detroit. It's nothing special. It's just because he's in L.A. When he was in Detroit, he had better seasons uh, than he's having this year. Didn't get the recognition. But now that he's in L.A., things have changed. You know, he gets the weekly interviews that he's in L.A. that he never got in Detroit And the great thing is, it's not like he resurrected the Rams. The Rams were already a good team. John McVay's made it to the Super Bowl already without Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford has less pressure, you know, in this run than some other players on this team because he's not the face of the franchise. Aaron Donald is the face of the franchise and the face of his team. Matthew Stafford, not even the best player on his team. You could argue not even a top-two player on his team. You could say Cooper Cup is better than him. So Matthew Stafford, you know, is not in the limelight per se. There's a lot of scrutiny on him. I'm definitely going to blame him if they lose this game and he shows up with his league-leading 17 interception self and four pick-sixes because that's what I think he'll do. This is a game where you need to be calm, cool, and collected and there's nobody like Joe Cool out there. Joe Burr going to walk in with his Cartier shades. That guy is going to rock the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford will be the one under pressure, not because, you know, the defense is great. Trey Hendrickson might get there a few times, because uh, I think he is a stud. Uh, defensive end, uh, 13, 14 sacks this year. Just tremendous for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I don't see Matthew Stafford having a big game. I see Joe Burrow out playing Matthew Stafford in this game. I think the Rams are going to want to run the football, control the clock, time of possession, play good defense, you know, the typical success. But that's not going to happen. Because the Bengals don't get rattled. Down 21-3 to to the Chiefs. You know, 21-10 to against the Chiefs. You know, multiple times they've played in the season. They're not phased. I don't think they'll be phased. No moment is too big for them. I like this team. Joe Shiesty. It's now Super Bowl Shiesty. I like Joe Burrow in this game. Give me the Bengals. Give me Jamar Chase. So I'm taking Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford. Running backs, Joe Mixon had over 1,200 yards this year. Third in the league, one of the best running backs. I'll take him over the Cam Akers and the uh, Sony Michel's of the world. Wide receivers, wide receivers as a unit. Cooper Cup, tremendous wide receiver. Best receiver season in a while, Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, playing all right, you know. There's a better postseason run than he did a regular season run with the Rams in his eight games than Jefferson not sold on. Then you got Jamar Chase with the Bengals, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I'll take that trio of receivers over the Rams trio of receivers. Jamar Chase, best rookie season that we have ever seen uh, by a wide receiver. He's just that sensational. And we talked about the Cooper Cup you know, Matt Stafford connection that they've had this year. Well, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase has had that connection longer than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Before this one year in LSU, they were there. I mean, before this one year in Cincinnati, I gave it away. They were in LSU doing the same exact thing on a big level as well in the national championship game. So this is a team that I like. This is a receiver group that I like. And then you, if you want to add a tight end in there, Uzama for the Bengals. And then you got Higby for the Rams. Both of them are banged up right now. Uh, so I'll give that, you know, a push. Offensive line. I will say the Rams have a better offensive line. We got Whitworth, Havenstein. Uh, Bengals have absolutely no one on that offensive line. Defensive line. I will also give to the Rams there, but the superior team in the trenches, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, uh, right there. You know, the Bengals have Trey Hendrickson, but that's kind of it. They rely on him a lot. So right there, I will also give that to the Rams. Linebackers, you know, are a push as well. Troy Reader on the Rams has been absolutely exposed in coverage of this postseason run by teams. But so is the Bengals linebackers. So, again, I'm not sold on any of them. I think the key is going to be attacking these linebackers, you know, T. Higgins in the slot, uh, or Tyler Boyd, you know, getting these guys, you know, in there to match up against linebackers, Cooper Cup against linebackers. That's going to be the pivotal matchup right there, because you don't want linebackers running routes with wide receivers. You know, some linebackers can do it. You know, the fast Devin Whites of the world, Bobby Wagner back in his heyday. But these linebackers right here, nah. I don't buy them in coverage for a second. And then defensive backs. I'm going to say it's it's pretty even on defensive backs. I'm going to say push. Uh, you know, maybe if Fuller was still there for the Rams, I'd give it to them. But he's out. So you've got Eric Weddle back there. Uh, I know you've got Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, no Williams on the other side anymore. So you really only have Jalen Ramsey. Bengals, you got your safety, Von Bell. Terrific. You got Awuzie, a Wuzie cornerback who's been just shut down all year to me, not getting the type of recognition and he's playing just as good is Jalen Ramsey. So that's gonna be, you know, great right there. You know, is a you know, going to shadow uh Cooper Cup, OBJZ and a state to one side of the field. But the same goes for uh what's his name? Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey. That matchup will also be great. Because Jalen Ramsey has played him a slot, the star, a lot this year. And rarely has he been matched up against the best team's wide receiver. On the outside, he'll do it. And he'll get burned. That's what he'll do. Debo Samuel burns him. Brandon Ayuk burned him. Mike Evans burned him. So I think it would be best if the Rams keep Jalen Ramsey – where he belongs and his star playing the slot so he can make some tackles and look good. Because if you want to try a sorry corner like Jalen Ramsey on one of the best wide receivers in Jamar Chase this year, you've got another thing coming. Richard Sherman alluded to this in his podcast the other day. He's given me advantage to Jamar Chase, and he's a quarterback. He knows how it goes. He shut down. The greats back in his day, he knows Jalen Ramsey ate on that level to shut down Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase I got the advantage. He's got the speed over him as well. He's got the routes. He'll burn Jalen Ramsey too. So yes, Bengals, I like. And when it comes down to clutchness, you better not give Joe Shiesty two minutes on the clock to win a game. You better not do that, because what will he do? He'll win it. Oh, man, I I guess I should go to special teams, too, because talking about field goals. punter. I'll give you Johnny Hecker for the Rams. uh, Tremendous. But kicker, it's the Bengals. Mackay's had a good year. But this postseason run by Evan McPherson, Money Mac, has been nothing short of spectacular. Game-winning kicks in both the divisional round, against the Titans, and the conference championship against the Chiefs. You want to talk about someone with ice in their veins? That's Evan McPherson. That is money, Mac. So I like the way that this team is constructed, the way they don't back down. Coaching matchup will be amazing. Zach Taylor going up against his mentor, uh, you know, Sean McVay. You know, a couple of weeks after Sean McVay finally took down his mentor, Kyle Shanahan, can Zach Taylor do the same thing? Sean McVay knows Zach Taylor, you know, well, but I don't think he knows him too well. Even though he was on his staff, Zach Taylor didn't call plays on his staff. So I don't think he'll be as prepared as some coaching matchups where, hey, this guy's calling plays. You know, we know his play calls. You know, we can scheme against that. So I do think... That helped Zach Taylor out that he didn't call plays, you know, in his short time with the Rams and with Sean McVay. So Bengals, four-point underdog. I like them, like this Bengals team, kind of a team as Destiny as well. I like it because, you know, this is the lowest seed, uh, lowest Super Bowl matchup seed ever, two, four seeds. Making it rarely do we see that we emphasize the first-round by. You need to get the first-round by. And these teams proved that, hey, wild card is not so bad. You know, maybe the buy is overrated for these teams. Just rolling in with momentum, rolling with the Bengals. And I think the Bengals, you know, win this game. And another interesting point as well, they average the same amount of points per game. They both average... On the dot, 27.1 points per game. And the total yards is almost identical as well. It's crazy. 386 for the Rams. 385 for the Bengals. One yard difference. Passing about, you know, the same, just a minor edge to the Rams. Rushing minor edge to the Bengals. Defense, Rams one point less you know 18 right there bengals at 19 so this is going to be a fantastic just a fantastic super bowl fantastic matchup i don't think any team is going to get blown out don't see the rams you know coming in there stomping on them And i don't feel this is true home uh, field advantage i felt last year even though the stadium capacity was much lower and it should have been for the Super Bowl uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, I thought the Bucs were, you know, represented very well in that Super Bowl. I don't think it'll be the same way for the Rams. I actually think it'll be 50-50 in the Super Bowl kind of split. I think there's a lot of Bengals fans. And they're traveling well. There's not a lot of true Rams fans that kind of get crazy. And I think in this atmosphere, there's going to be so many celebrities, you know, who don't care. They're not going to be screaming or cheering, and there's just going to also be a a lot of drunk people uh, as well that, you know, by the time kickoff starts, you know, they ain't cheering as well. They're in the bathroom, so I'm not going to give them a clear-cut home field advantage, and the Bengals will win this game because they're a designated home team. They got Joe Shiesty. They got Jamar Chase. This team is winning the Super Bowl on Sunday. I'm gonna go to bed happy on Sunday, wake up happy on Monday, knowing that the Rams are not Super Bowl champions, that Aaron Donald, who waves his little ring finger mirror like he's won anything, and he's not yet. No Super Bowls to his name. He's more known as a crying emote or a crying meme. Been a great player to me. He'll be crying again on Sunday. As he takes the drive back home and he looks at his ring finger and knows that there's nothing there. Oh, you poor guy, Aaron Donald. Oh, boo-hoo. Bengals winning this game. That's what I like to see. Now moving on to the NFL honors. I'm going to say, most of it, as scripted, is planned, you know. Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, beat out Jonathan Taylor. Expected that, Cooper Cup, you know, just short of the receiving record of yards for Calvin Johnson Jr., Megatron, receptions, Michael Thomas, but he did get the triple crown, led the league in receptions, catches, touchdowns, so good for Cooper Cup, deserved to win the award over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, you know, like the Colts team just fizzled out there against the Jaguars and kind of gave away any chance right there. And then off the, our defensive player of the year, you had TJ Watt. And I was fine with that. Uh Aaron Donald up there as well, but he's gonna be up there every single year. Uh Micah Parsons had a great year, but TJ Watt tied the sack record at 22 and a half. Do I think he's as dominant, you know, as an Aaron Donald or even like a Nick Bosa or anything like that? No. But when you tie a sack record like that, you know, I think you kind of get the defensive player of the year handed to you, you know, no matter what else you did. Uh, So I'll say he was deserving of that. You know, offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, no doubt about a Great year. You know, broke the rookie receiving record for receptions. But Jamar Chase did it in yards. He was great. Matt Jones, you know, phenomenal with the Patriots in his first year in that system. But Jamar Chase, you know, just on another planet this year. That's how good he was. So that was very deserving, you know, as well. Then defensive player of the year, you Nant, or rookie, defensive player of the year was Micah Parsons in unanimous. And it kind of makes sense, you know, if a guy's nominated for actual defensive player of the year himself and he's a rookie, it kind of makes sense that he would win, you know, defensive rookie of the year. So, you know, that was great. Congratulations to him. Mike Vrabel coach of the year, again, very deserving Lost Derrick Henry halfway through the season and they still managed to be the number one seed and an AFC that was loaded with teams and talent. But Mike Brable, uh I thought, did a tremendous job this year with the Tennessee Titans. Moment of the year, Justin Tucker's kick against the Detroit Lions. Uh, uh, broke the record, uh, made a 66-yard field goal. Pretty good moment. You know, of course, it had to come against the Lions at the expense of a Lions win, so that's always a bummer. Uh, but Justin Tucker obviously made a great kick. So, you know, congrats to him. And of course, the one award that I did not agree with was MVP, where Aaron Rodgers happened to win the MVP, wins his second straight MVP. And again, to me, not deserving. I'm not a deserving MVP at all. Uh, It's just annoying. It really is. Uh, That, you know, so many people in the media talked about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you know, what a bad guy this guy is. You know, liar, all that. Uh, And then... The numbers he puts up in the NFL, you know, doesn't translate to greatness. I mean, was the. Did he. Because to me, the only case that, you know, you have in the simplest terms for Aaron Rodgers winning MVP is I led my team to the number one seed and I didn't throw that many interceptions. That's what the case is. That's all he did. Number one seed. And I didn't throw that many interceptions. Oh, wow. That's great. You didn't throw many interceptions. Hand you MVP. Is that what we should change the award to for the next decade? The I didn't throw many interceptions award MVP because I missed a game because I wasn't vaccinated. I lied to the media. And then I barely cracked the top 10 in passing yards. Uh, I'm not even in the top three for passing touchdowns as well. I don't throw many interceptions. I led my team to a 13-4 and four record in the one seed. Oh, wow. Like, that's difficult to do. Tom Brady led his team to the same exact record at 13-4. and four. And what did he do? Oh, I don't know. He threw for the third most passing yards ever in the history of the NFL? Is that what he did? Oh, yeah. He threw for... Uh, Over 5,000 yards, 5,300. He threw the most touchdowns this year at 43. His quarterback rating at 68, right with Aaron Rodgers, and same with passer rating. What did he also do? He broke the all-time career records for passing yards and passing touchdowns this year. Oh, Tom Brady did all that. He doesn't deserve MVP. Why? Because he threw, you know, Eight more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. That's crazy. Because he only threw the ball 120 more times than Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers throws the ball 120 more times. I guarantee he's thrown a few more interceptions. Oh, but that's right. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's so gifted. He's so talented. He's got a good team around him. He's got Devontae Adams. Tom Brady doesn't have Devontae Adams. He's got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who both had a 1,000-yard scrimmage seasons. They're just that good. A better defense. Oh, but Tom Brady has to make up with Cyril Grayson and Brashad Perryman because Godwin tore his ACL. A.B. ran off shirtless. Gronk had cracked ribs and missed quite a few games. Oh, but that's right. Let's forget about Tom Brady let's give it to Aaron Rodgers just the thought making process of some people some people in this world are just so idiotic at times to vote Aaron Rodgers for mvp is criminal it's just criminal is what it is that tom brady did not win this award how he was the best quarterback this year won the you know nfl air uh, awards, you know, for passing yards and touchdowns. And he doesn't win MVP. Something's not right here. Something is not right. It's kind of like it reminds me of the Grammys last year, how, uh, you know, for best pop album, you know, you had Justin Bieber nominated, or I forget who, else. I forget everybody was nominated except for. Uh, Dua Lipa was nominated for Future Nostalgia, and uh, Taylor Swift's album was Evermore, or whichever one it was, was nominated. And for Best Pop Album, Dua Lipa won. But then when it came to Best Album, all the same, you know, were uh, nominated. But Taylor Swift won that award. How does that make any sense? Make it make sense. How did she, Dua Lipa, win you know, best pop album and beat out Taylor Swift, but then for best album, Taylor Swift beats her. It just makes no sense. So for the same thing, Tom Brady, best quarterback this year? But Aaron Rodgers wins MVP? They lost in the same round. Tom Brady at least did something in his loss against the uh Red Buccaneers. He came back and threw for 125 yards in the fourth quarter and ended up with 329 yards and put the team on his back there to make some great throws. Aaron Rodgers didn't even throw a pass touchdown in his loss to the Niners. Just looked bad. I mean, it was pathetic that Aaron Rodgers won his second straight MVP. Just pathetic that they did that. Whoever voted... You know, should be ashamed and they should no longer have a vote for the rest of their lives. That's how idiotic those people are. Uh, I mean, please, please don't come back and vote ever again. And then Aaron Rodgers' speech on uh, he's so thankful for a Pack. I don't fear retirement. Nobody cares what you fear. You know what you fear? Playing the 49ers in the playoff games, showing up in big moments. That's what you fear. I don't care that you fear retirement. I mean, please retire. You're going to go down as a top 10, not top 5 quarterback in the NFL because you only have one ring to your name. And this year, I don't even know how. Don't even know how you won MVP when Tom Brady played better than you. Justin Herbert played better than you. Just a lot of quarterbacks, I thought were as good or better than Aaron Rodgers. uh, And he didn't win. And he won MVP somehow. I mean, let's put this into perspective. Aaron Rodgers was closer to Jared Goff in passing yards than Tom Brady in passing yards. Think about that for a second. Jared Goff Aaron Rodgers closer to Baker Mayfield in passing yards than Tom Brady in passing yards. And one more bet will blow your mind. Aaron Rodgers was closer to Lamar Jackson in passing yards than Tom Brady. And Lamar Jackson missed like five, six seven games whatever it was at the end of the year. I mean, that's how close he was. I mean, I I'm shocked is Bruce Arians said it'd be a travesty. It's a travesty all right. I don't know if you can make that word into anything else, travestized or anything like that, but uh, it's it's a it's horrendous that Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last night. It's horrendous. Uh that's the only word that can just come to my mind right now for Aaron Rodgers winning the award is horrendous, and that Tom Brady was snubbed, uh, should have won that award. But as you know, I think Aaron Rodgers kind of lives for the MVP awards in that ceremony last night because he doesn't make it to Super Bowls, whereas Tom Brady lives for the bigger moment in the Super Bowls, which is why he's the GOAT. So the question is, will Tom Brady come back earlier this week? He said, never say never. I don't know. I know this, like last night, doesn't fuel him. I think, you know, the Super Bowl on Sunday would fuel him more, especially if the Bengals win knowing, hey, if I beat the Rams, you know, uh I could have played the Bengals and beat this team. So I think that's something that would drive him more, you know, than – You know, whatever happened yesterday at the NFL Honors featuring Aaron Rodgers as MVP. So, he said, never say never. I'm desperate to see Tom Brady again. So, of course, I don't care where he plays. Sign me up to watch more Tom Brady. Of course, there's an interesting theory here about, you know, can the 49ers, a team that Tom Brady grew up loving... You know, could they trade for the rights to Tom Brady? You know, trade Jimmy Garoppolo some draft picks for the rights to Tom Brady? They want Trey Lance. Trey Lance is their guy. Then, you know, if Trey Lance isn't their guy, do they call up Tom and say, hey, we love you. You love us. Come back. Let's make it work. I mean, the 49ers were so close to making it to the Super Bowl this year. I think they keep their same uh, core team there. You put Tom Brady on that team, that's a guaranteed Super Bowl. Whereas you go on the Bucks and let's say, you know, they sign somebody else off the market or trade for somebody. Uh, they get injured. Uh, to me, Tom Brady has a better shot of winning a Super Bowl with the Niners than the Bucks. All of these crazy things. But I would love to see Tom Brady again. I really would. Now moving on to the NBA and the NBA trade deadline happened yesterday. Blockbuster deal was done between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden, Paul Millsap of the Brooklyn Nets traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for a one Ben Simmons, a Seth Curry, and an Andre Drummond. And to me, the Sixers won this trade, and and two first-round picks they gave up as well, the Sixers. The Sixers won this trade. So I can't believe how many people thought, well, the that's won this trade, I was shocked. Uh And I'm going to break it down, why the Sixers won this trade. Sixers, you know, basically added uh, to their team. This, right now... Is a great team. Joel Embiid right now is MVP leading at 29.4 points a game. He's just been phenomenal. Just phenomenal. uh He has been. So he has been great for his team. Offense goes through him, averaging a double-double. I mean, just great. Then you add James Harden and Paul Millsap, and you take away Seth Curry, you know, Ben Simmons, and Andre Drummond. What are you really taking away? Well, Ben Simmons didn't play a game this year, so that's zero points, zero rebounds, zero everything. So obviously won't miss him. And 76 are doing pretty good this year. Andre Drummond, you know, puts up some good minutes, 18 points, but him and Joel Embiid are not friends. They can't coexist on the court together. So you bring in Paul Millsap, who can eat up those minutes. Andre Drummond averages six points per game. Uh, Paul Millsap around four, so it's not you know great percentage. Seth Curry around thirty-four minutes a game, points fifteen. He only averages eleven shots though, and six threes uh, to get those points. That uh, Andre Drummond, you know, as I said, the six points, you know, only averages like six shots a game there. So then uh, what are you getting from uh, the Nets? And to me, you're getting more. The Nets, you know, James Harden averaging more minutes than Seth Curry, 37. Point 22 and a half. You know, you combine Seth Curry, Andre Drummond's production. James Harden is eclipsing that. He's led, you know, The team right now, with Kevin Durant being out, led him in minutes. Now is leading them uh, in points, you know, playing the most this season for them. Kind of really been their only reliable star. And then averages more threes a game than him. Uh, Seth Curry averages, you know, more field goals overall than Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. So even though you're kind of getting rid of three players, only two play, you're gaining everything you lost in just one player himself in James Harden. And to me, this is, to me, is going to be a system that fits well. And they also won this trade because they didn't give up Tyrese Maxey or Matthias Seibel. I mean, the fact that the Sixers didn't give up any of those guys, kudos to them for not doing that. Why else did they win this trade? Well, last year when Nets traded for James Harden, they sent away four first-round draft picks, four The Sixers only sent away two, so the Nets are still down two draft picks overall, so you're kind of pushed there. And the fact that the Nets, or the Sixers, can line up with James Harden and Tyrese Maxey in the backcourt, it's just unfair. To me, Tyrese Maxey is the true point guard of this team. It's just been sensational, averaging five assists, but then you have James Harden, who is also averaging 10 assists That backcourt, I think will be lethal. Then you have Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. That's nasty. And then off the bench, you've got Matthias Thibel, uh coming in as a six-man. I mean, this is great. Great win by the 76ers uh, for doing this trade. I still think the offense will go through Joel Embiid. But what do you do? To me, Seth Curry, great shooter. But he doesn't have the volume of James Harden. He's not as, to me, lethal as James Harden where – I see James Harden pulling up and shooting like I don't fear Seth Curry like James Harden. Seth is no Steph. Let's not make no mistake about it. Uh, so, I love this trade for the 76ers. Absolutely love it to me. This puts them right there with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Brooklyn Nets. They're on a 10-game losing streak, uh, just so you know. 10-game losing streak, and now... They have no James Harden. Their most reliable star, they don't have him. You have Kyrie Irving for away games only. Away. And Jay, and Kyrie or my bad, Kevin Durant, KD, is out, you know, still the next two to three weeks. So let's just say you play all of February with no KD. That's one, two, three, four, five. That's seven games without KD. Kyrie can only play... One, two, actually that game's in New York, so he can't play that one. He can only play one, uh, two games. He can only play two games. So you're going to be stuck five games with Ben Simmons alone. And Ben Simmons can't shoot for dang ball. Can't shoot to save his life. Just can't shoot. He can dribble, play defense. He can do that. But he can't shoot. So you're going to be on a team uh, with Ben Simmons and you can't shoot. You're going to rely on Seth Curry. To just go crazy. And that's not what he does. Uh, So this team here. The Nets to me did not win this trade. They got the two draft picks. I think will help them out. A little down the road. But this team. It's just lacking chemistry. uh, At all you know. I saw the stat. uh, That you know Tom Brady. Played the same amount of games in his career. With Antonio Brown. With the Bucks and this big three played together, I think it was sixteen and two seasons. Tom Brady, and Antonio Brown played, you know, sixteen games together with this big three of KD, Kyrie, KD, James Harden. I forget if I said KD twice. Now I'm going crazy. But point is, they only played sixteen games together. They were thirteen and three as well. So Steve Nash, you know, saying, pondering, you know, what if, what if. Uh, you know, they all stayed healthy. You know, what if, if they were healthy during that run against the Bucks and we win that series? What if it is a mad size? What if maybe I'll get into that? What if later? But you know, this Nets team, I don't think KD can save this Nets team when they come back. They're looking to me like a play in team at the moment. Like I said, they've lost ten in a row. They're the eight seed right now, which would be the play in. As I said, your schedule is difficult. You know, they play the Heat coming up. They play the Celtics, who they just got blown out by the Bucks. The Raptors, who are a good team. So, I see this team losing quite a few more. I think when Kevin Durant comes back, he can't be their savior. I still think they are a play in team when they come back. Uh, I think they'll be dangerous still, but this team is not there with the 76ers. 76ers, you know, are closer to the one seed uh, than to Brooklyn is catching the 76ers. So, I mean, 76ers clearly won this trade. It was a great trade for the 76ers to get the Ben Simmons cloud just away from this team. 76ers, just a great win. Now, what else happened? Well, kind of some more less crazy trades than that one, evidently. But you have a four-way trade involving the Milwaukee Bucks, the Clippers, uh, the Pistons, and the Kings as well. Dante DiVincenzo got sent out by the Bucks no longer on the team. They bring in Serge Ibaka. I think that's a good move for the Bucks because Dante DiVincenzo You know, has lost minutes in the rotation. Still kind of coming back from that ACL injury last year. But Grayson Allen's playing better than him. Pat Connaughton playing better than him. They've passed him up. Wesley Matthews has been good as well. So there's really no room for Dante DiVincenzo. And when you're shooting 28 from three, they don't need you. And I think they need Serge Ibaka. Brooks Lopez has been MIA the whole year uh you've got Bobby Portis but you need another big man as well to help Giannis out. I think Serge Ibaka will be a good piece for this uh, Bucks team. Dennis Schroeder went to the Rockets from the Boston Celtics as well. Uh interesting move there by Boston, but they are kind of backcourt loaded so that does make sense to, to kind of dump him off. Then another kind of bigger trade, Kristaps Porzingis of the Mavericks was shipped off to the Washington Wizards uh, for Dinwiddie, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Bertans. Interesting trade here. Uh, I thought Luka Doncic and Chris Tapps were close, and I thought, and I think Luka thinks that as well. I think he was kind of shocked by that move, but to me, it opens up two realms. You shed Chris Tapps contract, contract, uh, opens up cap flexibility as well, and it gives you time to kind of pursue another star because Luka Doncic can't do it on his own. He did it last night, you know, phenomenal performance uh, against the Clippers and it dropped, you know, 51 points. I mean, tremendous, but he can't do that every night. They need another star. I think this will give them the time to evaluate their roster. And, you know, Mark Cuban can just try to hand out money like it's candy in free agency this year. So, amazing NBA trade deadline. Teams are set now. You're going with who you're going. Then, you had the All-Star Game selection as well. And James Harden ended up being the last pick in the NBA uh, All-Star Game selection. You had two people left on the board. Rudy Gobert and uh James Harden and Kevin Durant. Picked Rudy Gobert to be on his team and left LeBron to get James Harden. I mean, just, just insane. Wouldn't even pick James Harden. Kevin Durant saying everybody got what they wanted. Uh, Of course, LeBron, KD, TNT crew with Chuck and Shaq having a good time with it. I mean, interesting, but I like LeBron's team uh, that he got getting James Harden. Get in Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul. Those guys just loaded with talent. I mean, I wish Team LeBron had this team in real life. Let's get real. Uh, The Lakers had this front five. But great pick. We'll see, you know, in a month. I believe it's March 10th. It's Brooklyn Nets at the Philadelphia 76ers. So that means Kyrie will be able to play. See if KD is back in time for that game. And see if Ben Simmons even wants to step foot in that arena at all. So that'll be interesting. Another thing I want to point out is that the Lakers are irrelevant. I'm done with the Lakers. I will still root for LeBron. I love LeBron James. Think he's playing great this year to me, top three player in the NBA. Still I mean playing phenomenal. But very irrelevant. They are irrelevant. I'm done with them Uh, after this today. I will no longer talk about them in my podcast because they're shot. I think they'll make the play-in as the ninth or 10th seed. They'll get bounced in the play-in by some team they play uh, because they're just that bad. The loss to Trailblazers was eye-opening. You don't play Russell Westbrook. Then you don't trade them or make any moves and say, we're going to focus on a buyout. What do you mean we're going to focus on the buyout? You ain't buying out nothing and getting nobody. I mean, just pathetic that they're stuck with this pathetic team, and they're going to lose a lot more games because they are pathetic. They're embarrassing. That's what they are, a team that expects championships. And is a team, like two years away from winning the championship, and you are that bad and that far gone from how good you were, and you still got LeBron James and Anthony Davis has come back. And he's still playing good. To me, not as great as he was there. But he's still playing good. And Russell Westbrook is just missing layups left and right. And then the rest of the roster is about as hot and as cold as you get. Taylor and Tucker, they overevaluated him and over-trusted him. Malik Monk, hot and cold. Carmelo Anthony, hot and cold. Avery Bradley. Hot and cold, Austin Reeves, hot and cold, this whole roster. Hot and cold, and they've been more cold than hot, which is why we have a losing record. They're not a good team, and they're irrelevant. They're not good. They're not going anywhere in the West. The West is going to be determined by three teams. The Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Those are the only three teams making it out. Utah Jazz, uh, biggest chokers there are in the playoffs. Dallas Mavericks made a lateral move yesterday, so I don't expect anything great for them. Denver ain't going anywhere without Jamal Murray. Minnesota, they ain't there. Clippers, definitely ain't there with no Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So you're down to three teams. Whereas the East is much more wide open. Miami, has been there before with this team. Chicago, new and up and coming. Cleveland, new and up and coming. But they're good. Milwaukee, they've been there, done that. Philadelphia. Just got better. Toronto, Nick Nurse, that's just a great coach. I mean, for the Raptors, Fred Van Fleet playing great. Pascal Siakam, that's just a great organization there. Boston Celtics, another hot and cold team. But they're more hot than cold, unlike the Lakers. And then the Brooklyn Nets, again, hot and cold on a 10-game losing streak. I mean, I'm happy I can say it's the Lakers this year with LeBron. They haven't been on a 10-game losing streak. But it's been bad. And the Lakers are irrelevant. They're done. They're shot. I'm not talking about them anymore. Give me the Sixers. That's who I'm riding with. I think the winner is coming out of the East. And I like the Bucks or Sixers to meet up in the conference finals and to win it again. The Bucks to win it or Philadelphia to win it. I'm rolling with the East. But tonight, I'm picking one game. And that is the Nuggets and the Celtics. Should be a good game. I'm picking the Celtics. To me, this is very push right here. Uh, two evenly matched teams. You have a better front court in the Nuggets, but a better back court in the Celtics. But to me, the Celtics are playing a lot better as of recently. Eight and two in their past ten games. You know, averaging 130 13 points, shooting 48 percent from a field. I like them. I know the Nuggets. They're also one seven in their past ten, averaging 118 points. But i just like the Celtics more right now to win this game. Now getting to the NHL. Brad Marchand suspended for his antics against the Pittsburgh Penguins ones a few days ago. I think it was a five or six game suspension. I thought it should have been 10. And that guy, he's just a thug. Uh... I know NBA fans don't like Grayson Allen. They feel the same way, but he's a punk. Well, Brad Marchand is the Grayson Allen of the NHL. That's the equivalent that I'll give you. Just an immature fool that's dirty and is a punk or a thug, whatever you want to call it. That's what he is uh, to uh, kind of, you know, slash Jerry, uh, punch him, all that stuff. I mean, come on, bro. Like, you've already lost a game. We know you're not that good. Why do you have to go and do that? So just not a good look for Brad Marchand. Of course, he's not had many good looks. It's kind of just one bad look. But Brad Marchand, just dumb, should have got a longer suspension. And I'm kind of tired of him and his antics in the NHL. Just get rid of a guy. Please. Suspend him from life. Ban him like you would a fan for doing that them in college basketball, my Michigan Wolverines, you know, they're known for just pulling off one or two upsets. Here we go. And there they do it. Not only was it an upset, but it was a domination, a route, demolition derby, whatever you want to call it. Michigan beat Purdue bad. 82-58, to 58. Hunter Dickinson feeling it yesterday, 22 points, made a big three-pointer as well. I mean, Purdue had no answer for Michigan. This is a Michigan team that I thought would play basketball this year, but one that was on last night where Hunter Dickinson was, it was just too much. Caleb Houston in double figures, Diabate, uh, Jones. I thought this is the team that I was going to get, and I just haven't seen them yet. They can still turn a the corner. There's still hope left. That was a big win for them. And they still got tough games up ahead. It ain't over any stretch. They still got Ohio State twice. They still got Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State. So there's going to be some chances for them. That was a big win for them yesterday. So congratulations to Michigan. Now, we've come to the end of Get Your Go. And I want to say this, uh, that if you have any questions for me, I will answer them if you leave a review of my podcast and put your question in the review of the podcast. I will check them, you know, daily. And if there are any questions you have or answers to my questions, leave it as I usually do. Uh, I will try to, you know, answer a question like, who do you think should win MVP, blah, 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 blah. Leave it in a review. I can get you or leave a question as well. So my question today is who will win The Super Bowl, who do you got, the Bengals or the Rams? You know my pick. I'm rolling with the Bengals. Who do you got? Let me know by leaving a review or a comment there, uh, which you can do on any platform, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, I believe. But Apple would be the best one uh, to do Apple Podcasts. So there you go. That's the question. Who do you think will win, Bengals, Rams? I got Super Bowl. Shiesty. Joe Burrow. Hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl. I think it will be a great outcome for all of the NFL fans uniting for that Bengals dub. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Bye, everybody.